Hello and welcome back to another episode of Behind Hauntings. I am your host, Brandon Fagan, and today we are going to be talking about black-eyed children. So if you are a fan of horror and um, mythology, I guess, not really mythology, kind of like space and uh, aliens and things of that nature, I'm sure you've heard of black-eyed children. Um, So they're kind of somewhere in between uh, paranormal, spiritual, and like alien Paran, uh, not paranormal. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, extraterrestrial. There, there we go. Um, so if you are, uh, in that realm and in that uh, space where you're interested in that type of thing, I'm sure you've heard a little bit about them. Um, so for the people that haven't, I want to go into a little bit of a backstory about them. Um, because for me personally, before I started. Um, really listening to horror podcasts or really getting into um, all things that is horror. Uh, I didn't really know what black eyed children were. Like I kind of just thought they were like this weird mythical thing that people like made up as like a, uh, like a, like a little story or legend or whatever. So to get started. um, So black eyed children are, considered an American contemporary legend of paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of 6 and 16. Um, I don't think the ages really matters that much. I think it, it it's kind of just like it looks like a kid, has a kid type feeling. So it's called a black eyed children, you know what I mean? Um, so most of the time what they look like is pale skin, dressed in all black, and they have like black eyes. But like it's it's kind of like that black, that like obsidian black where you can't really tell that it's black it's so dark that it's just something you've never seen before um so most of the times people see them when uh like they're hitchhiking or they're by themselves um they've also been like seen at people's doorsteps um like say you're it's terrifying to think about because we've all been there like um especially if you worked in retail before like i remember in college i used to work in retail and uh, there were a lot of times where I would be like the only car in the parking lot. I'm shutting down the store. I'm leaving. And like, of course, the one street light is like burnt out. So I'm like freaked out. But a lot of people have seen um, or at least encountered or said they have encountered and made up stories, whatever you want to call it, um, about black eyed children confronting them and trying to get into their car. So that's the main thing with black eyed children is um, whether they come to your car, your house, whatever it may be they they want to come inside they want to interact with you and many people believe that is because like once they get inside it's like they have the power so whether they're extra extraterrestrial sorry about that um or paranormal or whatever you want to whatever you want to consider them um they seem to get their power when they are like within the confines of your home your car or like even your mind for that matter Um, so like some people believe that, uh, if they are inside that, like it's some people think that black eyed children are the devil themselves. Like, and so with this belief, um, they think that if you, if you let in the child or children, because a lot of times it is more than one, it's always seems to be like there's one or two of them. Um, most of the times many encounters seem that there's more than one, there's a bigger one and a smaller one, but they're still children anyway. Um, they believe that if you let them inside, that you're letting the devil inside of your life. And they think that that's why, um, there's all this negative connotation towards them. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a backstory about 
what black children, black eyed children are, not black children, sorry, uh, what black eyed children are, like what they do, and like uh, the lore and myth behind them. Uh, but I guess like the first time that any like coverage was really acknowledged about them was in 1996, even though like some people had been talking about them, but like not in a uh, like published way since what apparently is like the, the 1980s here in America. But in 1996, a uh, Texas reporter by the name of Brian Bethel, um, he wrote about an account, an encounter with black eyed children as he, like, I, I believe he coined the phrase black eyed children. Um, he describes this in his ghost related mailing list. Um, it was like his little like writing piece, um, which happened in Abilene, Texas in 1996. Uh, he claims that a second person had a similar encounter to him in Portland, Oregon. Bethel's stories have become regarded as classic examples of like creepypasta lore. Not many people believe what he was saying. If you guys are familiar with creepypasta, I've talked about it on this podcast specifically. But basically, if you don't know, it is a, uh, it's a website where people post, whether you want to call them true or not true, examples of paranormal activity, extraterrestrial activity, things of that na- nature, just things that like kind of creep people out. Um so he kind of got a lot of shit for it, honestly. Um, but he did, he gained a lot of plebis, pleb, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I cannot talk today. He got a lot of plebis, publicity, publicity, oh my goodness, sorry guys, wow, I promise the podcast will get better. Maybe, not sure. Um, for this, uh, because he kind of like came up with, a new urban legend kind of i mean people had been talking about this before but not in the media not in a published form where it could garner so much attention from the public um and even in 2012 he told his story on a tv show uh it's called monsters and mysteries in america i personally have never heard of it um but i mean he was on a tv show for it so that's kind of cool i mean like he he kind of created something um whether it's true or not, he kind of started this movement of black eyed children and um, kind of made other people become more comfortable with describing and telling about their encounters. Um, and then he wrote after after this, he was in the TV show, he wrote a uh, follow up article in Abilene Reporter describing his experiences and maintaining his belief that his encounter with the black eyed children was a legitimate claim. Um, and then in 2012, a horror film called black eyed kids was produced, uh, with a Kickstarter fund. So if you guys aren't familiar with the Kickstarter fund is it's basically somebody, it's kind of like a, uh, a GoFundMe. Somebody has an idea, whether it's a movie TV show, I've seen backpacks, I've seen supplement companies, whatever it may be. Um, they have an idea, they create a promo about it, they write about it, and they, they share it all over the internet in, in hopes that people will donate to this so that they can um, create whatever they're trying to make come to fruition, come to fruition um, by the graces of other people donating because they want to see this product or hear this product or um, consume this product. Um so that's how that movie got started. Um, its director uh, even commented on uh, creepy children 
were an urban legend that's been floating around for the internet for many years. I always thought it was fascinating, so I wanted to create a movie about it. Basically, from what I've seen, it was a pretty terrible movie. Um, I'm not sure the exact uh, like score or anything on it, but um, the reviews are not good from every well everything I've seen on the internet and every time I've heard somebody talk about it. Um, and then in 2013, on an episode of MSN's Weekly Strange, that uh, it featured reports of black-eyed children, and this kind of helped spread the idea of this urban legend, if you want to call it that, all over the internet. So in 2013, the internet really started taking off. Um, the iPhone started getting good. Samsung started coming out with better phones, so a lot more people had access to the internet, and this kind of like created this whole storm for what black eyed children are. Um, and then in during, sorry, during one week in September of 2014, a British tabloid called the Daily Star, which is actually pretty famous tabloid, um, ran three sensationalistic front page stories about alleged sightings of black eyed children. Um, they were all connected to the sale of a supposedly haunted pub in Staffordshire. Staffordshire, yeah. Um, so basically, they published three stories that were all connected to this one place about black-eyed children. And the paper claimed a shock rise in sightings around the world. Um, to me, that's kind of just irresponsible uh, reporting because they didn't really take anything other than the three sightings at that one pub into their in account um, with their article. They kind of just said, hey, this is rising. It's it's, it's happening. It's happening, guys. Um, but yeah, so that happened in 2014. Um, these alleged sightings are were taken seriously by ghost hunters, obviously, some of whom believe black-eyed children are extraterrestrials, like I said. And then there's also this notion... Um, that they could be ghosts, like uh, past dead children that have come back and they don't know how to materialize themselves as something other than, um, in my opinion, uh, something totally fucking terrifying to think about. Um, and then other people also think that they might be vampires. Um, my problem with that allure is that nothing about them really seems to kind of match up with what we know as of vampires nowadays. Um, but it's uh, kind of interesting to think about. So that's kind of the backstory for it. Um, but then there was this lady called uh, Sharon Hill. She's a scientist, and um, she wrote about how she was unable to find any documentation of black-eyed child encounters, concluding that the tales are all passed on as a friend of a friend ghost stories. And doing research for this specific episode, I kind of noticed that as well. Um, it, it was kind of hard to find anything reliable, anything that was like set in stone other than the, the things that I talked about previously. Um, other than that, it kind of seems like, yeah, it's one of those things where you hear it on a podcast, you, you see it in a, like this, in the dark webs of the internet and you tell a friend, they tell a friend and it's kind of sensationalized. And then it seems like a lot of people's minds play tricks on themselves. Um, so there's that. Um, she also 
considers the legend to resemble typical spooky folklore stories, such as the black, the phantom black dog, which is kind of like black eyed children. You see this black dog and something happens. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of like the history, everything that's gone on behind it. Um, there's, there, it's, this is a hard topic to get solid information about, but it does seem that there are a lot of encounters, whether fake or real, um, that seem utterly terrifying. And so with that being said, I kind of want to, um, get into this story that, uh, I wrote. dark and foggy night in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. John and Kate are doing their typical Thursday night activities. John is watching a TV program entirely too loud, snacking on yet another pint of ice cream that is resting on his belly while he's reclining his favorite lazy boy. Kathy sits on the opposite side of the recliner, knitting a sweater for one of her grandchildren, blissfully unaware of how much her grandchildren despise sweaters that they get every single year from their grandmother, even though she loves making them. For Kathy and John, life has become quite mundane. Nothing changes day to day, week to week, especially now that COVID has taken away their normal scheduled activities that they usually had. A game of cards with their friends the Jeffersons, who are their closest neighbors. Yet they live three miles away. Now you see, they live where everyone's a neighbor, even though you're not really neighbors because you're miles from the closest house. But that's how they like it. They like it quiet. Well, at least John does. You see, John's a retired New York cop. He's always dreamed of leaving the hustle and bustle of the city. He kind of got trapped at a young age in the city, got a good job, and thought, I'll stick it out until I can until I can leave, gather my pension, cash out my 401k, and move Kathy and I into the middle of nowhere on a massive farm that, in his words, were, per- were pure bliss even though the nearest store is a good 20 minutes away, which for Kathy is not great. For Kathy, this is less than ideal. She loved the big city. She was a school teacher and retired several years before John, so she loved visiting all the shops and restaurants that New York City had to offer. Now in the country, she has found herself lost without anything to do, hence the knitting that her grandchildren absolutely despise. Like every other night, John falls asleep with spoon in hand as his program ends. Awoken abruptly by the start of another show's intro, John startles the cat who goes flying off the top of his recliner, knocking the ice cream out of, off of his stomach, cussing at the cat as he gets himself off the recliner to fetch a rag, and sarcastically thanking Kathy f- for her help. As he walks into the kitchen, he notices something in the corner of his eye. Now you see, that far out in the country, there's absolutely no light pollution whatsoever. That's another thing John loved about the house and the property. But this leads to the house being seamlessly in a blanket of darkness as soon as the sun sets over the horizon. John and Kathy don't even turn on the porch light most nights because nobody comes around, nobody drives past, there's no reason for it. So the only source of light outside of the house through the windows is a singular telephone light pole halfway down their quarter mile driveway. We've all seen it, we all know what it is. You're in the middle of nowhere, cornfields everywhere, and you see just one singular light 
that's by someone's house exactly what they have in their in their driveway but tonight or at least when john was making his way into the kitchen he noticed that the light was not on odd he thought the light had a timer on it 5 p.m he looks at the microwave check time it's nearly 9 p.m that light should be on he thinks to himself also thinking how he just changed the light last week the bulb hadn't burned out there's no way Oh well, he thinks. He'll figure it out tomorrow. Right now, he needs to get back to the ice cream before it ruins the carpet. As he rings out the rag and turns back to go to the living room, he notices that the light's on in the driveway. That's odd. But stuff like that happens, right? Didn't think anything of it. But as he looks closer, he notices something even more odd. Two figures standing below the light. Two figures that look like children. Now what could children be doing out here all alone at this time? The Jefferson's children are fully grown and moved out and they're our closest neighbors, he thinks to himself. The next children live miles and miles away. There's no way. He calls for Kathy in the other room, turning away from the moment as turning away from the window as he does. Hey Kathy, come here! In our driveway. There's kids here. Kathy, bewildered by what John said, doesn't even move off her recliner. Come on, John. There isn't you're seeing things again no kids that live out here for christ's sakes no one lives out here john john looks out the window and begins to re rebuttal to kathy when he notices that the figures are gone poof it's like they vanished out of thin air kathy i think you're right i need i might need glasses there's nothing out here huh so weird i could have so just then there there's a knock at the door kathy kathy yelped ah! and john nearly shit his pants Kathy, what the hell? I told you there was someone out there. Even so, John, how do you think they got to the door so quickly? John rushes to the door and turns on the light. Nothing. The light does not illuminate the porch. He flickers it a few more times. Then he hears bang, bang, bang. At this point, he is pretty annoyed. Flings open the door. Standing there, two figures. The two figures he saw in the driveway. But how? He can't really make them out. It's not... It's like the light from the living room really isn't penetrating the doorway at all. It's like they're engulfed in this blanket of darkness. Kathy comes up behind him before John loses his mind. He's already on edge. He spilled the ice cream. The cat's annoying him. Kathy's annoying him. The light doesn't work. Not, nothing's going his way. Then Kathy says, why, hello there. How are you kids? What are you doing out here all alone? Do you guys need anything? John shoots her a glaring look. She doesn't even acknowledge him. Then the figures, children, whatever they are, reply to Kathy in a dark, ominous tone that is not fitting for their, their size, their age, and if, of course, their children. That doesn't make sense either. Can we come inside, they say in unison. Kathy replies, are you, are you okay? Where are your parents? They reply, can we come inside? Again in unison. This time, John and Kathy both notice a sense of frustration in their voice. John then says, why don't you come inside and we can get a hold of your parents. You can use our phone, thinking that maybe they're lost and scared, and that's why they're not acting so odd, or why they're acting so odd. When the children walk inside, John and Kathy both notice that they cannot see their faces. Yes, they're wearing hoods, but they should be able to see their faces. They should be able to make out some kind of outline, right? Even more odd, they're both wearing complete black, and they can't really tell what any of their clothing are. Kathy gestures toward the phone. Let's call your parents. They must be worried sick. 
The bigger of the two looks down the hall, noticing the illuminated bathroom from a small plug and asks, Can we use the restroom? Kathy says, Of course, but then we need to call your parents. We really need to, to get a hold of somebody so they know where you are, so they know you're safe. They nod and both walk down the hall. John thinks to himself, That's kind of odd that they're going to the bathroom together. As they close the door behind them, BANG! The house loses power. John and Kathy both scream, Ah! Oh! John frantically grabs his cell phone, turns on the flashlight. That's when he notices that the bathroom door is wide open and the figures are nowhere to be seen. He lets out a scream, ah! Then Kathy starts on him frantically. Why did you let those kids in our house? They could they could have just stayed on the porch. I don't, I don't, I, why couldn't we see their faces? I didn't like that I couldn't see their faces. Just then, all the lights in the house turn on. John runs to the kitchen as to start checking the house for the kids. That's when he sees them waving under the driveway in the light. How, he thinks to himself, how, how how did that happen? He he didn't hear the front door. He didn't hear it open. He didn't hear anything. What is going on, he thinks. He calls for Kathy to show her, but by the time she gets to the kitchen, they are no longer there. One week later, John and Kathy were found dead in their house. There was no struggle, no blood, no marking or bruising on their bodies. It was like they both had heart attacks. But during the autopsy, that wasn't the case either. There's no cause of death for John and Kathy. Although, after investigating the house, the police noticed that there were some odd markings in the shower when they pulled back the curtains. What were those markings? I guess we'll never know. The cat was never seen again. The children were never seen again. So just a word to the wise. Do not let these black-eyed children, whatever they may be, into your house or your car, no matter what, no matter how much they ask, no matter how much they demand, it never ends well. That's all for me for this episode, guys. I appreciate you listening. Um, so like always, uh, you can check out some pictures of black eyed children in uh, or on the Instagram at laughable afterthought. Um, also, please make sure you're uh, leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate that. It does help the podcast grow. It gets it to more people. Um, And like always, if you enjoyed this, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, keep it to yourself. Act like it never happened. Uh, That's all for this one. And I will see you guys next week. And if you want to know what next week's episode is, you're going to have to go look on Instagram because as I told you last week, I put the entire schedule for the month of January and not next Friday, but the following Friday, January 22nd, the schedule for February will be out. So if you see anything that you are interested in or your friends might be interested in, make sure you share that with them. Our Instagram page is growing. It's fun to see. Um, But yeah, so that's all for me. So stay creepy, guys. Peace.